League of Women Voters and the Recording Library of West Texas present Tall City Elections. Welcome back to Tall City Elections. My name is Bailey Hennis. I'm the Executive Director at the Recording Library of West Texas and your host for Tall City Elections. I am a 5'8 female with medium-length red hair that comes out of a box. It is not natural. Today, I am wearing a black shirt with a black blazer over it. It has very thin red stripes on it and kind of brownish, um, maybe with some red undertones, pants and uh, some loafer shoes. We're talking, Of course, we've been talking to our candidates this week, so that way we can get you some information so you can go and cast your vote for all the people running for school board. We're going to talk to the people running for mayor very soon. But today in studio, I've got Mr. Tommy Bishop. Hello. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for the uh, for the invitation, Ms. Bailey. Uh, my name is Tommy Bishop. Uh, I'm about 5'10 and a half, uh, medium build. Uh, today I'm wearing a short sleeve uh, plaid shirt uh, with blue jeans and, and feeling comfortable today in my tennis shoes. Uh, and I'm just uh, appreciative of the offer uh, to come talk to you all today. Uh, I am asking to be reelected uh, to school board uh, district three. Well, thank you for joining us today, Tommy. Good to see you. Tommy and I just audio described ourselves for our visually impaired audience. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, your history. What connects you to Midland? Okay, uh, first starting off, I was born and raised uh, in Crane, Texas, uh, which is about 45 miles to the south uh, and west of uh, of Midland. Uh, I grew up in Crane. I went to school, all the schools in Crane, uh, from first grade through 12th grade. Uh, after school, I got out of high school. I went to college at Solrall State University uh, in Alpine, Texas. Uh, I stayed there two years. Uh, I majored in, uh, in criminal justice and minored in, uh, in physical education. Uh, I played football and baseball there at Sol Ross. And after my two-year stint, I actually came back uh, to Crane, uh, went to work in the oil field, uh, started a family, uh, worked for Chevron almost 28 years, uh, starting from a roustabout, uh, moving up to uh, what we call today a pumper. Uh, and then I got off into uh, health, environment, and safety. And then I was a production foreman. And then uh, for three and a half years, I was an operations manager, which I was in control or the lead and supervised uh, 44 company employees. And then I had 125 uh, contract employees. So uh, I had a $39 million budget uh, that I was responsible for uh, as far as managing. Uh, and we had a, a gas plant and also a production field, oil field, uh, where we uh, we produced oil uh, for Chevron. Uh, so that's what I've I've done uh, over over the years. Wow, that that's that's truly um, a very interesting um, history here in Midland that you have. And how long have you been a representative? Um, have you always been represented for District Three, or did you kind of serve in other positions as well? Uh, no, ma'am. I, I've always lived in in District Three. Uh, I own a home in District Three. I, I pay taxes uh, in District Three. I, I have uh, I have I had three children uh, that went to school to uh, MISD schools. Uh, my love for children and wanting to give back to our community uh, and be that servant uh, to our children, our teachers, and our staff in our community in District Three. Uh, be that voice. Uh, I want to be the the sounding bite for our children to see that education is very important. Let them know that education is very important to me, uh, so I want that to be uh, to them as well. So that's that's how I connect uh, with our kids 
Uh, and also going back uh, just a little bit, uh, while I was in Crane, I coached uh, 17 years of baseball uh, and never had uh, my own child play. Uh, coached uh, six years of Pop Warner football. Uh, coached five years of Little Dribbles of basketball. So in my mind, by me having that in touch and wanting to continue on with our children, uh, that's what uh, prompted me to run for the school board because I want to go deeper in having an impact in our, in our children's lives. And you've been doing that for quite a while, right? Yes, ma'am. I've actually I've been on the board here 16 years, and I was actually on the school board in Crane for 12 years. Wow! Uh, prior to moving to Midland, so when I when I actually got another uh, moved up with Chevron, uh, uh, that prompted me to move to Midland based on a promotion, uh, is what uh, caused me to move to Midland and still uh, have the opportunity uh, to serve our children uh, of Midland ISD. And you enjoy being in those mentor type roles, the coaching roles, and you see the importance of quality education? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I do visit campuses. Uh, I go to our campuses and I see the teacher and student engagement. I also take the time uh, to read to our elementary students uh, when I'm on campuses uh, to have that touch with them, ask them questions, let them ask me questions, explain to them what, what a school board member does, uh, let them know that I am here for them, uh, to be that support and be that voice. And know that I do uh, campus visits. Uh, if they see me, uh, feel free to come up and talk to me. Uh, the same way with their parents and taxpayers. Uh, being transparent uh, throughout the district, whether it's going to football games, volleyball games, or going to watch the band, or even though know, I've been to uh, our life skills basketball games, uh, seeing those children play basketball and seeing them thrive and be happy, it just does my heart uh, does my heart well. And what are some ways that? you get the public involved in the decision-making process for MISD? What I do, uh, for years, I was the only school board member out of seven of us uh, that held uh, held co- uh, quarterly community uh, community meetings for District 3. But I still welcomed uh, the other, other six uh, school district uh, taxpayers to come to that meeting because I wanted all voices to be heard. I wanted to be that voice for our community. So by me holding those meetings, uh, I would also ask, ask some of our, our uh our school staff from the district service center as well as that campus level principal to be there that way if the uh, community or the constituents had questions that i felt like they needed to answer then that give them an opportunity as well uh to ask those questions and get those answers because when they come to board meetings uh when they come to public forum they only have three minutes uh you know to get Mm -hmm. to get their point across and sometimes that's not enough time sure so that's why i had uh had the uh, district three uh quarterly meetings to give the taxpayers and the parents and children, if you will, that voice uh, that needs to be heard. Are those meetings still ongoing? Yes, ma'am. And we'll be having another one uh, in, in November. Uh, after the election, we'll be having another one. I, I, I would invite uh, anyone uh, in Midland that are taxpayers or anybody in general that has questions, please feel free uh, to come in, uh, talk to me, uh, visit with me. If you have any questions, uh, they can always reach out to me. And where are those held? Uh, they're held at, at the District 3 campuses. Uh, they'll either be at Jones or they'll be at Henderson or they'll be at uh, a, uh, Yarbrough or they'll be at Bonham or they'll be at Alamo is where that's in District 3. And I, I usually uh, get with those principals uh, ahead of time, and I put that out there on my Facebook page. Excellent. Uh, to be able to uh, so the community can see that and know when we're ha- having meetings. Excellent. We'll make sure to put in the show notes uh, for those with visual impairments to fi- – to, um 
be able to find those for the, in November yes, ma'am. Um, to keep up to date with those. That That's great. Uh, tell me, what are some things that you're passionate about when it comes to District 3, the schools in District 3? And in the next couple of years, where would you like to see MISD be at? What kind of goals? Well, the, the, the passion I have uh, for me and for our children, for our, our teachers and our parents and our community, first and foremost is safety. Uh, safety has always been a big concern uh, to me, whether it's in the school district or just outside of the school district. Uh, safety is something that I want to continue to see uh, we get better at uh, as a school district, which uh, what we've done so far from a safety standpoint, we have hired a, uh, a, uh, a management coordinator that, uh, that has, he has 10 years of experience uh, of working with Homeland Security. Uh, he was also in the military uh, for some years, so he's came in and started doing observations and audits on all of our facilities to make sure that that they are safe. Uh, we've had a, a third party uh, come in and try to do intruder to, to try to find ways if they could get in our buildings uh, without somebody letting them in uh, to make sure that we have all of our safety devices in place. We will continue to do that. So that that's my passion. Uh, another passion I have is, is also being out on campuses, going to high schools and, and visiting with our students, asking what they need, what what do they feel like they need that's going to make their educational life better? Uh, vision with our teachers. Uh, what do y'all need to make y'all's lives better so that y'all can teach our students and be engaged uh, on making sure that our students are being educated before they leave MISD to go to college, uh, go to the military, or go a CTE. If they want to be a welder. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to be a, a nurse or firefighter. Uh, give, them, give them those options on what they want to do when they leave uh, MISD. And your experience with talking to those individuals, the students, the teachers, the um, the educators, is there a common denominator of a couple of topics that have come up that they would like to see changed or, or you know, kind of amended maybe? Uh, one of the things, uh, you know, is, is, is discipline. Uh, you know, discipline and not only in MISD but uh, just the world itself is discipline. But my main concern is, is having discipline uh, on campuses. And one of the things that we uh, we have done, or I've done as a board member, uh, is we've uh, we've opened up for us to be able to hire more police officers, uh, to have more presence on on our uh, on our campuses, uh, to try to detour some of the uh, the incidents and some of the accidents that have been going on at these campuses. So those are things again. It's still it's still up in our our uh, our, our security for our schools. Uh, again, I think by board members, uh, for me, being visible and being transparent. Uh, envision with our teachers and our students and staff uh, to assure that, that they're comfortable in the classroom teaching. Uh, so th- those are my, uh, my, my two strong passions uh, is always, is always uh, ch- child-based. And when you say more discipline in schools, what does that kind of look like? Well, more discipline is, you know, there's consequences. Uh, it, and it starts at home, you know, from a discipline standpoint in my mind. You know, we have to have buy-in from our parents as well that, I mean, for, for children to be able to learn, they have to be, there has to be discipline. Children need to know that they're going to school to learn and not to be disruptive in our, in our classroom. So we want to continue to uh, look at the discipline and what's going on, let parents know, let our children know that if you do something that's detrimental to a student or a teacher or to uh, to make threats, uh, that there are consequences uh, uh, for those things happening. Does that also include maybe mentoring or offering some resources to the parents? Well, the resources that we have uh, on our campuses as well is, is having uh, having more counselors, uh, having someone that in that profession 
uh, to be able to set students down and talk to them, you know, because I think, I believe every student believes, uh, uh, earns and can have uh, second and third chances. Uh, we all make mistakes. Uh, we all have, have flaws. Uh, so I think it's, when we have students that, that, that misbehave, uh, I believe we should have counselors that are trained uh, to be able to talk to the student one-on-one, you know, because you never know where the problems lie. Uh, it might be something going on at home uh, from an unsafe standpoint that, that kids come to school and misbehave. So we have to dig down uh, as far as getting counselors uh, on our campuses uh, that are able to, to, to go one-on-one uh, with these students and, and build a trust factor that there's someone that they, they can relate and talk to. Naturally, sometimes, it, most of the time, actually, I think the teachers kind of fall into that role of counselor as well. Right. You would like to see more counselor presence on on there to kind of take some of that weight off of the teachers as well. Yes, ma'am. I, I believe our counselors, that, that's a job that uh, that's their profession. That's Absolutely, their, their yeah. training. Uh, we, we want our teachers teaching, not to say that our teachers aren't mentors or, or could be counselors. But when, when you have an overload of, of students uh, in the classroom, you know, we, we want the teachers to be focused on, on teaching the students in the classroom and let the counselors uh, counsel the students that's having issues. Absolutely. Do you think our teachers are, are overwhelmed right now? Uh, our teachers have been overwhelmed for a while, uh, and it's no fault of their own. Uh, I would never blame anything on a teacher like that because uh, one of the things is, you know, we, you have students in the classroom, and a teacher really doesn't have the uh, the say so on how many students they're going to have in the classroom because if you if you've got uh, three third grade teachers and you've got 125 students, well, it's got to be divided amongst those three teachers and or to try to hire another teacher, which we all know there's a, a teacher shortage in the state of Texas, which uh, the state of Texas there's about 125,000 teachers short uh, right now. So we we want to keep encouraging. Uh, our, our students as they graduate and go to college to be uh, be educators, but from a, a school standpoint of all schools in the state, we have to come up with ways of, of showing the teachers that we want back in the classroom, the students that are going to be teachers, that we're going to provide a safe a safe environment for them to be able to teach. Would you like to see a recruitment of new teachers coming to our area? Would you like to see kind of retention of the current teachers? What would you like to see? Well, first and foremost, we want to retain the teachers that we have. And then, you know, we, we do have uh, some, some college students uh, that are uh, that are want to be teachers that are out on our campuses now as we speak. Uh, they're able to work with the principals and, and being substitute uh, teachers and, and, and uh, learning that way. That way, when they do finish their schooling, then they have a campus that they've trained at and that, that principal get to evaluate them as well, say, you know what, uh, you know, Tommy's, Tommy's a, a real good uh, student uh, from a standpoint of being uh, possibly being a great teacher. So when Tommy graduates, I'd like to have him here on my campus. To so, have those endorsements. To have those yeah, endorsements. So those, yeah. those are things that we, we, we're looking at and we're doing now. Uh, I've witnessed myself just by doing campus visits. Excellent. And, Tommy, you're for the expansion of schools and, and third-party charters, kind of the relationship between those charters. Can you talk more about that? Well, uh, you know, we, we went into a uh, an agreement with with, uh, with Third Future Schools, uh, Ideal Schools, and also Young Women's Leadership Academy. Uh, I support the ones that we have now, but as far as expanding uh, any of them now, I, I'm not I'm not for doing that. And the reason why I say that is because I think when Dr. Ramsey, uh, our superintendent, when she was here, 
uh, she brought in uh, she brought in a, a staff with her, uh, some different uh, admin leaders that were at other school districts that same size as, as Midland, if not bigger. Uh, and they 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 was at some turnaround uh, turnaround campuses, schools that were failing. Uh, those people were able to help turn around those campuses. So by us having them here uh, and, and being able to to take uh, several of our schools that were failing schools and bring them up to C, B, and A campuses, uh, I just believe we have the people uh, within MISD now that can continue uh, to show the success that we've had uh, this last year. So, therefore, that's why I'm not in favor of expanding uh, but keeping also what we have in place uh, like with Idea Schools, all of them, which are third-party schools, they all have contracts uh, that we've signed with them. So I want to see those contracts through first, uh, other than going off of one year of success before I, I want to, uh, before I would step out and say I want to expand them. I understand that. That makes sense. Just kind of have a track record before you kind of go forward. Yes, ma'am. How, how is the hunt for the new superintendent going? Well, right now we're in the process. Of, we do have a, a search firm. Uh, and the search firm is taking applications. We at uh, the uh, the school board had got together uh, with Gallegos uh, Law Firm, and uh, and what we did with them, we built a profile on what type of superintendent we were looking for. So they built the profile, and it's out there on the website uh, on on TEA's website and on a, a superintendent uh, superintendent ISD, or excuse me TexasISD.com. Uh, those, that's where all the superintendent jobs are posted. So our job is posted. Uh, we're in, in the process of take, or taking applications. And then after the election, uh, which is uh, after November 8th, then whoever that new board is uh, will sit down uh, as a team of seven and go through uh, those applications and then try to narrow down to six, five to six uh, candidates that we see that fit that profile that we could interview. And then uh, after that, then you, you would uh, – you would go through a second round of interviews, but you would narrow down to possibly two or maybe three candidates you bring back for the second round of interviews. And then after that process, you would name a long finalist. After that long finalist that is named, you have 21 days uh, by state law that you mm-hmm. have to wait uh, before that person can sign a contract. Okay. That that gives us a, some insight to how that process works. I appreciate that. Uh, tell me, what are some other things that you're passionate about when it comes to MISD? What would what's just something that drives you? I know you're you have a servant's heart, obviously, for children and mentoring um, and coaching. What are some other things that really just drive you? Well, one of the things that drive me uh, is is just being transparent with people, being able to to listen to what our taxpayers and our, and our parents uh, are concerned about, uh, because there's a lot of things that. Uh, we as a board don't see. There's a lot of things that even our the people in, that work for the school district don't see. Uh, our parents and our taxpayers see those things, uh, the, the things that they have concerns about. Uh, I just want to be that person to be uh, be that ear and be a voice uh, to be able to hear those things and then be able to share that with uh, with the rest of the team uh, going back to our superintendent and our other, <coughs> excuse me, our other six board members. Excellent. I have two last questions for you that we can uh, just kind of discuss and have fun with. Okay. What are some things that MISD does well? What are some of the things that MISD does well? Uh, well, one of the things I, I believe they, they, they do well uh, or we've done well, uh, one is, I mean, we've given teachers uh, teachers and all of our employees 
Uh, we've given them raises every year, and I, I want to continue doing that because I think it's very deserving. Uh, I would say that I don't believe our teachers are paid enough uh, for what they do and what they encounter, uh, but based on on the on the uh, the monies or the uh, the funds that we have, you know, we're doing uh, the best we can every year to make sure we maintain. Uh, giving our teachers and our staff and custodians, uh, giving those people uh, the raises, and we also give uh, stipends, uh, you know, to our to our employees. Excellent. And the fun question: If you were to receive a grant for one million dollars, and it comes with some staff, and it was just in favor for you to do whatever you'd like to do to use those funds for, what would you spend it on? I was spending on uh, my passion is for kids. Uh, I'm going to donate every penny of it uh, toward our children and our staff because that's very important to me that we uh, have funds available uh, to make uh, our students better in the classroom, uh, give our, our teachers the right tools uh, to work with, uh, give them more opportunities uh, in the classroom to expand out, uh, you know, because our children nowadays, uh, more so when I was going to school, uh, nowadays, you know, the children are a lot sharper and smarter. Uh, you know, just for an example, I, I have a three-year-old grandson. Uh, in fact, he's three years old today. Uh, you know, he, my, my Happy daughter, <laughs> thank you, my daughter, uh, started with him early, uh, teaching him how, he already knows how to read. Uh, he knows his alphabet. Uh, he can count to 100. Uh, he can count to 20 in Spanish. Uh, he knows all of his colors and his shapes. Uh, so those things I look at as far as enhancing our students' uh, vision and wants uh, from an education standpoint that when they leave our schools, uh, I have no doubt in my mind that they're equipped uh, to go out to the working world if they choose to, uh, to go to the military if they choose to, and or if they want to go to college. I want those funds that you just asked me about, I want that to be available uh, to our teachers and our students uh, to continue on to be strong in education. Fantastic. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for joining us today in the studio. Can you please let our listeners know how they can find you? You can go to my uh, my school board uh, website. It's Tommy Bishop, uh, MISD, Board of Trustees, uh, District 3 is where I have my uh, my school website. And or you can, uh, you can call me at uh, 432-294-8259 and or you can text me at that same number. If you have any questions, I always know that I will uh, I'll reach back out. Uh, I do answer my emails. I do answer phone calls, and I do answer uh, text messages. I don't, uh, I'm not a shy person. Uh, I believe in communicating with people because I think it's one of the strongest assets uh, that we have is communicating and listening uh, to our constituents and our taxpayers. Yeah, uh, I wanted to say, too, again, my name is Tommy Bishop. I'm number two on the ballot, and I'm number one in District 3's hearts. Uh, election Day, uh, early voting is October 24th uh, through November 4th. Election Day is uh, November the 8th. Again, my name is Tommy Bishop, uh, number one in District 3's heart. Thank you. Tall City Elections is a nonpartisan and unbiased community project of the League of Women Voters of Midland and the Recording Library of West Texas. The League of Women Voters and the Recording Library do not endorse, support, or oppose any candidates for office or political party. All candidates for office are invited to participate in this project. 